it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is indeed a historic day today. Two big rulings by the United States Supreme Court, and we are all over it for you. Good afternoon. This is Rich Zioli from Jimmy's affiliate in Philadelphia, WPHD. It's great to be with you. Jimmy's my radio pal. He's your radio pal. And I hope I am your radio pal, too. We got a big, big, big show. I mean, epic stuff. When Jimmy texted me and said, hey, can you fill in for me? I thought, no, it's going to be a slow Friday in June. Not going to be anything to talk about. Not interested. Pass. But he literally could not find anyone else in the country to fill in for him. So I had to do it by default. So here I am. And then lo and behold, the United States Supreme Court comes out with two blockbuster rulings today and, of course, yesterday with affirmative action. So I'm a lucky guy, and I'm lucky that you're here, and I appreciate you being here on Fox Across America. Let's get right into it. Number one, the Supreme Court of the United States today ruled in favor of a designer who refused to make same-sex wedding websites. All right? And you know what? This was a huge win for freedom of speech. This is a huge win for free speech because the government cannot compel you to pick up your hands and enter into an expression that you do not agree with. And that's exactly what this case was all about. It was not discrimination. Not at all. They said it was discrimination. She wasn't discriminating. She's an artist. She's a designer. And the government can't force you to create something that you are not comfortable creating. And that's what this case was entirely about today, because Colorado tried to force her. And Justice Gorsuch, who wrote the majority opinion, 6-3 majority in 303 Creative LLC versus Alanis, said, quote, The First Amendment prohibits Colorado from forcing a website designer to create expressive designs speaking messages with which the designer disagrees. Colorado seeks to force an individual to speak in ways that align with its views, but defy her conscience. It's a fantastic, fantastic ruling by Justice Gorsuch. And I say, thank God he's on the court. Thank God. Now, the other big win, of course, is that the Supreme Court struck down Biden's student loan debt repayment scandal bribe. It's what it was. It was a bribe. It was a payoff. It was a payoff. You know, in the old days in Jersey, where I grew up, in Philly and Jersey, you would just bribe somebody by giving them literally a bag of cash at a diner, you know. But then people started wearing wires, so it got complicated, but you used to just pass a bag of cash, literally cash. There was this mayor in Jersey City years ago named Frank Haig. He used to have a drawer in his desk. He'd slide that drawer open when you were sitting across from him in his office. He'd drop the money into it, went down into a vault underneath City Hall. Beautiful thing, right? But nowadays what politicians do is they still bribe voters, but they bribe them with your money. So they steal your money, and then they try to redistribute it to them. It's still a bribe. It still says, hey, vote for me. I'll give you money. And that's exactly what this was, a massive executive overreach. Joe Biden had no authority whatsoever to try to pay off this student loan debt. They cited the HEROES Act after 9-11, which in no way applied to this. There's no COVID emergency they could cite. 
nothing. And it's a great ruling to restore the balance away from the overpowerful executive branch of government that thinks it can do whatever it wants to do and run roughshod over the other two branches of government. So two huge wins today at the United States Supreme Court. And, of course, yesterday, overturning affirmative action, race-based decisions in colleges, because Harvard, let's face it, hates Asian kids, and they wanted to discriminate against Asian-American kids. And the left is very upset by this. Oh, yeah. No, the left is very upset they can no longer discriminate against people. They are. They're super upset. They were melting down yesterday over the fact that now they just can't be racist anymore. It's I know. I know. And, you know, the Democrat Party has a long history of this, obviously. So this this hit them personally. But they were very upset that they can't be racist towards Asian kids anymore. Melting down all over the place. And we got lots of audio of that for you. And they're going to melt down over the student loan debt repayment scam that was just overturned by the United States Supreme Court. The, the bribe. It's what it was. It was a bribe by Biden to voters. Most of the people get affected by this. They lived in D.C. in blue states. They were coastal elites. They had graduate degrees and master's degrees. And it shows you something that James Carville said years ago about the Democrat Party. You know what he said? He said, the Democrat Party stopped being a party, a coalition of working class voters, and became the party of the faculty lounge. That's true. And most people in faculty lounges have advanced degrees and lots of college debt. And that's who would have been helped by this Biden debt repayment scam. Those people with MS degrees in fine art history and sexual studies, gender affirmation studies and things like that. They have debt. They have PhDs and doctorates and education and they have master's degrees. And they're the ones who would be helped by this. And they're voting Democrat anyway. They're voting Democrat anyway. But the guys that used to vote Democrat. Guys and gals. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that work for a living. Talking about blue-collar guys, construction guys, plumbers and pipe fitters and guys who are driving cabs like Jimmy. I don't know if you know, Jimmy Faley used to drive a taxi cab. I don't know if he ever brings that up on the show. I'm not sure. But you may have heard that once or twice. Cops, firemen, you know, the people that used to work for a living in this, that work for a living in this country. And the Democrat Party used to try to go after those people. So how do you tell the mechanic Guy who's, you know, every day busting his ass, trying to put food on the table for his family, didn't go to college, doesn't have student loan debt. He's got to repay the student loan debt of somebody who has an advanced degree in French literature. No, absolutely not. No. And if there was a market for French literature and you could make enough money to pay down your own debt, then you should pay off your own debt. And if you can't, well, you signed a contract, you default. What can I tell you? All these people that enter into student loan debt, they all sign contracts. Very basic. They agreed to pay something. I don't know. Do you have debt? I've got debt. I have, a, I have a car payment. I got a mortgage. And I can't just decide all of a sudden, well, you know what? I need a bailout. So after the government comes in and does an auto bailout so that they can pay off my car loans and a mortgage bailout. So I don't have to worry about my mortgage payments anymore. Why student loans separate from all the other debt people carry around? I mean, I got a visa card since we took the kids to Disney World and it's $2,000 for my daughter to try on a princess dress. I got to pay that card off. Nobody's coming in to bail that out for me. Why not? Why is that debt any less than student loan debt? It's not lesser debt. It's still debt. But that's the thing, though, is that because the people affected by this, this is the, the new Democrat Party today in the United States of America. It's not, they, they always say, oh, this isn't your father's Republican Party. Well, that's true in some ways because a lot of the people that are Republicans now used to be Democrats. They moved over because they said, I don't recognize this party anymore. And guys like Joe Manchin are dinosaurs. But the Democrat Party used to try to pretend it was the party of the union guys, the union workers, guys and gals who work for a living all day long, actually working with their hands. 
not in books, not in classrooms, not, not taking sabbaticals to go study the Eiffel Tower. No, people that were actually building things. And those people don't have student loan debt. And then there's a whole other group of people out there, my, myself. I paid off my student loans. I don't get a credit. Give me a credit. Send me a credit back for all the money I paid in my student loans. I'll use it for other things. I want to buy a boat, maybe a jet ski. I'll help the people that build boats and jet skis. Give me some money. Why not? Oh, I already paid my debt off. I did the responsible thing. So I get nothing. I get ungats, as my people say. I get nothing. It's not fair. It was never fair. But leaving aside all the fairness arguments of it, leaving aside the Democrat Party has just become so out of touch, the party of the faculty lounge, and that this would benefit those people most directly and hurt the old Democrat constituency of working class people who are now Republicans. The executive just does not have the authority to just decide to do whatever the hell it wants to do. We have something in this country called the Constitution, and the president doesn't make law. I know that we've arrived at this place in this country where we basically think the executive can do whatever it wants and make up any rules, regulations, pay whatever it wants, borrow money, invade a country, not invade a country, whatever it wants to do. The war in Ukraine, $120 billion, the executive's still going there, Congress isn't authorizing anything, whatever they want to do. But what Biden tried to do here, this little scam, is he took a law that was passed by Congress and he said, I can use this and apply this to pay off student loan debt, even though that was never Congress's intent when they passed the law. And Biden himself years ago and Nancy Pelosi herself years ago both said the president does not have the authority to just cancel student loan debt. They can't do that. They just can't do it. Even only, you know what, we have the audio, in fact. Nancy Pelosi, July of 2021. Take People a listen, think cut that to. the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. I, I, I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that... In, implies a transgression it's not to be forgiven get just freeing people from those obligations so that's not even a discussion that not everybody realizes that but the president can only postpone delay but not forgive boom there you go and i know she got a little tangled up in her fangs there a couple times and stumbled over her words but what she said is true and it's one of those rare times i agree with nancy pelosi and they use those words in the trial. They use these words in, the, in the, court, the course of the court case before the Supreme Court. They used her words to say, yes, only Congress can forgive student loan debt. Only Congress. That was the Speaker of the House. And Biden said it himself, too. Thanks. Biden said it himself. But, and, and then at one point, Biden even said that Congress passed it. Of course, he has no idea, and Congress never passed it, but he said that one day. Congress never did, but he said that, alluding to the fact that even he knows that only Congress can pass something like that. So the, the decision today is not only a decision in fairness. It's also a decision to restore the balance of power between the three branches of government. The judiciary, the judicial branch today said to the executive branch, you can't do anything you want. There's a legislative branch. And, and they can do something like this. They, they could pass a law and cancel student loan debt. You can't. You just can't do that with the stroke of your pen. It was a huge win today for that.
for that reason. So all in all across the board today, some very big wins. We got a big win for freedom of speech by saying the government cannot compel you to create something that conflicts with your beliefs, to enter into and create a message that contradicts with a message that you feel is wrong in your heart. The government can't force you into expression. That's a big win for the First Amendment. It's actually a landmark ruling, as Jonathan Turley put it. It's a fantastic opinion. This is what Jonathan Turley said. It's an enormously important decision. It's beautifully written by Gorsuch. In fact, I don't think anyone could have written this opinion as well as Gorsuch. Uh, And what it says is that, yes, you are still required under public accommodation laws not to discriminate. But when it comes to products that are creative or expressive, uh, the First Amendment does protect you. It protects everyone, all the members of every community, including those cited by the dissent. It's a roaring defense of free speech. And for those of us in the free speech community, it is everything we hoped it would be. Yeah, it really is. Well said by Jonathan Turley. Well said. All right, so we're going to break all this down for you today in Fox Across America with me, Rich Zioli, in for my buddy Jimmy Fallon. We got some great guests coming up. Oh, man, we're loaded up today with some great guests. We got guests. We got Taylor Riggs stopping by later. We got... Tudor Dixon stopping by later. We got Dr. Nicole Sapphire stopping by later. This is going to be a show for the ages. And if nothing else, you'll forget about it if it's not that good because it's going to be a long holiday weekend. We'll be right back. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Yeah, big day today before the United States Supreme Court. Two big rulings. Not as historic, but in a family court, Hunter Biden prevailed and he's not going to allow his love child to use his last name. This is not as big of a story, but it's still very important. I feel bad for this little girl. She does. This is not her fault that she was born of Hunter Biden's seed. But the you know, Joe Biden won't even acknowledge her that she exists. He doesn't even acknowledge her. He just ignores her. She does. He never mentions her when he talks about his grandkids. Literally does not ever mention her. She is Hunter Biden's biological daughter. And Hunter Biden went to went to court to say that the daughter can't use his name, and he prevailed. London Roberts, the former exotic dancer, in which he agreed to financially support their four-year-old daughter, but succeeded in an effort to deprive a child of his last name. You believe that? What a slime ball! What an absolute slime ball this guy is. This guy fathered this little girl, but they don't want her to enter into the bot. Now, maybe in some ways, it protects her. Because by not having the last name Biden, she's not part of the Biden crime family, technically. And when all this goes down, and I do believe it will all go down eventually, then maybe she'll be spared from that. But they don't want this little girl to join in in, in the family dynasty, like the Kennedys, the Bidens. They, they don't want that little girl to enjoy that, which is, which is sad, just heartbreaking for her. But anyway, I'll talk more about that as well as uh, the time goes on. I just think Hunter Biden's such a slimeball, isn't he? And there's more on the whistleblower, Gary Shapley, and what he's been saying about how the United States Department of Justice has, of course, been playing a game here. Now, I say this on my radio show in Philly every day. I'm on 3 to 7 on WPHD. Jimmy's heard on the weekends and 
uh, more and more and more, of course, I imagine, as time goes on. I say this all the time. When you hear about Hunter Biden and the arrangement that was made with the Department of Justice, please don't call it a sweetheart deal. People call it a sweetheart deal. It's not a sweetheart deal. It is a cover-up so that the president of the United States is not exposed by his son's financial dealings. Because Hunter Biden made a lot of money with China, Ukraine, and Romania, and Hunter Biden does not have to declare where that income came from, how he made his money, nothing. It all goes away. He doesn't get faced with felony charges. He doesn't have to name names. He doesn't face any prison time. The whole thing goes away. That's a cover-up. It's obstruction of justice is what it is. That's really what Gary Shapley has been exposing. I'll talk more about that as well. But Biden responded after the uh, Supreme Court ruled for the web designer. And, of course, the, the Associated Press and the New York Times say this is a huge defeat for gay rights. How is it a huge defeat for gay rights? So, say say a, a couple is a same-sex couple and they want to get married. And they, they go to this woman and they say, hey, can you design our, our website for us? And she says, I don't want to. And they say, but we want you to. And she says, I don't want you to. I don't want to. I just don't want to. They can go to somebody else who will gladly do it. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about capitalism. Somebody will make their website. These guys only brought this case because they wanted to, to sue. They wanted to wind up in court. Ever since Jack Phillips years ago with Masterpiece Cake Shop, when the state of Colorado said, you must take your hands, put them into flour and eggs and sugar and water and mix it into a cake and create a cake for somebody. And Jack said no. They're free to come in and buy any cake on the shelf. I don't discriminate against people, but don't force me to take my hands and create something for something I don't believe in. And ever since Colorado forced him to do that, and the Supreme Court came back and sided with him, but it was not a, a, it was not a landmark decision in any way. Today's was. Colorado kept, kept needling him, and other people did too. They came in when they wanted transgender cakes. I don't know how a cake is transgender. Maybe it identifies as a pie. I don't really know, but they wanted a transgender cake. They wanted all these other things, and Jack Phillips kept saying no. And he doesn't do Halloween cakes either. He doesn't do anything that, that conflicts with his religion. He does not create something that is contrary to his beliefs. And what today's ruling said in the case of the web designer, and now will apply across the board, is if you have a fundamental problem with something, the government can't force you to say it, can't force you to express it. I'm not comparing gay people to Nazis, don't get me wrong, but many, many years ago there was a case of a shoprite in North Jersey, and this shoprite, somebody came in, then they're whack jobs, obviously, and they named their kid Adolf Hitler, and they wanted a birthday cake that said, happy birthday, Adolf Hitler, and the bakery in northern Pennsylvania said, no, not doing it. Of course they shouldn't do it. It would be a horrible thing to do, but that's the point. You should never have to be forced by the government to enter into expression, create something that you do not agree with and that so conflicts with your beliefs we got a lot more to say here on fox across america with jimmy Fallon. it's me rich zioli in for jimmy we're loaded up we're fired up and we're just getting started don't go away out of the gates and ready to go hey it's hutton with row hot mike is here on the outkick network we've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion and it's available wherever you find your audio daily analysis and news he is hot i am mike actually my <laughs> name is chad his name is jonathan but you get the picture we're gonna bring it every single day whatever you want to call us we'll respond to we just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day and while you're here we hope you subscribe to the podcast like subscribe and share
Oh, yeah, big day today. Big day on Fox Across America. Jimmy is hopefully going to make his flight. 40,000 flights canceled over the holiday weekend. It's insane. It is insane. Great. Heck of a job, people, to jig. Heck of a job. I've never seen the airline industry like this. It really, it's amazing. Of course, he gets no blame for any of this. Nobody talks about Pete, the transportation secretary. Nobody blames him for anything. It's amazing. Uh, this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy is, obviously, like I said, trying to get on a plane. I am Rich Zioli from WPHD in Philadelphia, Jimmy's buddy. I was on Fox News Saturday night. Jimmy hosted it, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that. And I was on a panel with him and Tudor Dixon. Tudor's going to be on later in the show today. Um, and we're going to talk to Mark Burnovich. He's a former Arizona attorney general. And I got a lot to ask him about this Biden student loan scam that was just overturned by the United States Supreme Court. That's going to be a great time. That's going to be a good interview as well. So we got a lot. But let me play you. I want to play a clip for you. As we think about the reaction to what I was just talking about with this issue of the web designer. And re- remember something. The left is going to try to say that this is about discrimination. And, and it's not about discrimination. You know, the, the notion of discriminating against somebody means that you don't treat them equally when they come into your store. Now, let's use that example. Somebody comes into your store and there's cupcakes on the shelf. And you say to somebody, I'm not selling you those cupcakes because you're gay. Clearly, discrimination can't do that. Somebody walks in the store and says, I want to buy a, a sheet cake and I want no message on it. Well, then, you know, there you go. It's when you create something that has a message, that has an expression, that is speech. Speech is not just verbal. You know, speech is a lot of different things. Your, your freedom of speech, the government can compel you into saying something, is very, very important. It's a fundamental right. People think about freedom of speech in the context of the government not shutting you up, which is true. But when you also think about it, freedom of speech is the government can't compel you into speech. So it's two points. The first point is the government can't silence you, can't censor you, can't oppress you. The second is the government can't make you say things that you don't believe. It works in both ways. And also, too, the thing about freedom of speech is you as a, as a speaker – You're also a listener, and so you have a right to hear things under the First Amendment, too. That's why, for example, when COVID was going on back then, and even the Hunter Biden laptop, and the government was working with big tech to silence people whose views they disagreed with. Back then, they called it vaccine disinformation or misinformation, COVID misinformation. You remember all that, right? The COVID lab leak theory, for example. They would put little banners up and things. Well, now we know from the reporting by Matt Taibbi, Michael Schellenberger, and some other journalists that, yes, the government of the United States was absolutely working with big tech to censor your speech so that whatever you posted, if it did not meet the the, the standards and practices set by the government, they would take it down. Now, if Twitter and Facebook were doing this on their own as private companies, that's their right. But when the government is working with them to do that, now it's a First Amendment violation. And it's not just a First Amendment violation from the perspective of you get to say your opinion. I get to hear your opinion. I'm allowed to hear other views. I'm allowed to hear things like, well, you know, in Sweden, they've decided that doing transgender surgeries on children is a very, very bad idea. I deserve to hear that. So the First Amendment encompasses all of that. It's not just that you're allowed to say things and the government can't punish you for that. It's that you're allowed to hear things and that you can't be compelled into things as well. 
So all these things matter in a big, big way. And Justice Gorsuch is one of my absolute favorite Supreme Court justices. He's very much of the libertarian mindset. He's a true adherent to the Constitution. He's made some decisions that have irritated some on the right over the years. And I'm okay with that because I'd rather go in the direction of the Constitution than, say, law and order, for example. And so if that means that you gotta, you got to favor the rights of the defendant over the right of the state because the Constitution says so, then that's what you have to do. Absolutely you have to do it. It's so critical. The Constitution has to win every single time. I can't stress that enough. We can't play the game the left plays, which is that, well, yeah, but in this case, because we know that we really want this to happen, we, we, we need to bend the Constitution a little bit here and there. No, you can't ever. Ever, 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 because that's what the left always does. You know, they, they take the Constitution like a, like a pretzel and they, they twist its meaning and its words to fit whatever they want it to. And so what Justice Gorsuch said today is that the First Amendment prohibits Colorado, the state, from forcing a website designer to create expressive designs speaking messages with which the designer disagrees the, the web designer's work constitutes speech, and the state of Colorado cannot force her to express herself in a way that violates her deeply held beliefs. Colorado seeks to force an individual to speak in ways that align with its views but defy her conscience. Can't do that. On the steps of the United States Supreme Court following the announcement, she said, Colorado is trying to force me to promote ideas inconsistent with my faith and the core of who I am. Now, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who wrote for the dissent, for the, uh, the three justices who dissented, strongly disagree with the majority opinion, arguing that the ruling was part of a broader patent pattern witnessed undermining minority rights. Around the country, there has been a backlash to the movement for liberty and equality for gender and sexual minorities, she wrote. New forms of inclusion have been met with reactionary exclusion. This is heartbreaking. Sadly, it is also familiar. When the civil rights and women's rights movement sought equality in public life, some public establishments refused. Some even claimed, based on sincere religious beliefs, constitutional rights to discriminate. The brave justices who once sat on this court decisively rejected those claims. But Justice Gorsuch highlighted the difference and in his comments, and this is what he said. It is difficult to read the dissent and conclude that we are looking at the same case. Much of it focuses on the evolution of public accommodation laws and the strides gay Americans have made towards securing equal justice. And no doubt there is much to applaud here. But none of this answers the question we face today. Can a state force someone who provides her own expressive services to abandon her conscience and speak its preferred message instead. When the dissent finally gets around to that question, more than halfway into its opinion, it reimagines the facts of the case from top to bottom. And you see, that's the thing. I mean, if, if, you, if you leave off LGBTQ++ IA every letter of the alphabet Americans, if you leave that out for a second and just think about other messages, and then the government forcing you to express other messages... And then the government's saying, you, you, you have to enter into this speech. I mean, let's use COVID, for example, right? Let's say during COVID, you, you had a, a cake. You know, somebody came to you and they wanted to bake a cake. And, and you have a sincerely held belief that vaccines save lives and that you, you're one of those people out there that has a hate has no home here sign on, on your lawn. We believe in science. 
We believe water's wet, whatever the signs are, you know. And somebody comes into your bakery and goes, hey, listen, I want you to bake me a cake. And I want that cake to have a big shot, like a needle. And I want it to say, vaccines kill. And I want you to put the needle going through Fauci's face. And you say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, re- I refuse to bake that cake. That's a message I fundamentally disagree with. I would defend your right to say no to the death. Absolutely, you should not have to make that cake if you don't want to. Similarly, if somebody really does believe that vaccines are, in fact, very, very hurtful and that they can cause all kinds of side effects and that these were rushed out and somebody walks into the same bakery and says, hey, listen, do me a favor. I I want you to to bake a cake that says vaccines ended COVID. And I want you to put Fauci on the cake with a big saint around him, a Santo Fauci. And I want you to say, you know, all hail Fauci. And you go, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. I in my mind that's misinformation. I'm not spreading that. I'm not putting that on a cake. No, go go get go find another baker. You know, when when you when you leave the LGBTQ part out of it, it becomes crystal clear. And then I think everybody agrees with almost any analogy you come up with when you're forcing somebody to come and, and put a message in something that they fundamentally disagree with. The minute you leave out that part of it, because the left always tries to make it back to, well, you know, black people are not going to be allowed to, to eat cake and women won't be allowed cake. And they come up with absurd analogies. And, of course, that's not what anybody's talking about, compelling you into speech. Let's say, for example, uh, uh, you're a singer. You're, you're, you're a, a singer and somebody comes to you and says, I want to hire you to sing for my daughter's Sweet Sixteen. Great. I'd love to. I'd love to sing. What would you like me to sing? We would like you to sing a song that says uh, transgender kills. And we think that kids who become transgender are mentally ill and their parents are engaged in child abuse. So I wrote you this little song. I'd like you to sing it. And the singer goes, I'm not singing that. Hell no. I don't think anybody on the left would think that you should force that singer to sing that. And conversely, if somebody came in to a singer who said, you know, I want you to sing a song that celebrates transgender children and gender affirmation surgery. And the singer says, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. I completely disagree with that. I don't, I don't think anybody would really have a problem with that. Except that now you're getting into what the left loves to do. They love to create these little minority groups. And then from that, they turn around and say, well, then you're discriminating. You're not discriminating. It's still going back to the point of the message. In this case, she has a religious belief that is is contrary to the idea of same-sex marriage. And if it's a Muslim baker, and it's the same thing, if somebody walks into a Muslim bakery and said, hey, I want you to bake that cake, a Muslim baker is going to say no if they have a deeply held religious belief. Much like if they came into the bakery and said to the Muslim baker, I want you to bake something that depicts the Prophet Muhammad being killed. They would never make that. It would violate their religious beliefs. All right, we got a big guest coming up, so I'm going to take a quick break here on Fox Across America so we can get in with our guest, the former attorney general of Arizona, so we can break down the student loan scam that was overturned by the United States Supreme Court. It's Fox Across America with me, Rich Zioli, coming right back. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America, and it's me, Rich Zioli, in for my buddy Jimmy Fahey. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Rich Zioli, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I, if you'd like to weigh in at any point today. Maybe I'll even read some of your tweets on the air. 
Mark Burnovich is an American attorney. He was the 26th attorney general of the state of Arizona from 2015 to 2023. A frequent guest to Fox Across America. Mark, how are you, sir? I am doing very well, Rich. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for joining me today. It's a big day, very historic day before the Supreme Court. It was indeed. I mean, I think this term was very historic for a lot of reasons. Um, Obviously, there was a lot of talk yesterday about the case dealing with when the course struck down affirmative action, um, and you cannot discriminate against anybody based on their race. But even today's cases are really significant. The loan forgiveness case, which is something that I fought the higher education establishment here for years, and unfortunately I know way too much about it, and it's such a scam, and I'm glad the court struck down Joe Biden's attempt at uh, basically transferring wealth to a bunch of middle and upper class uh, people in the suburbs. And also the case dealing with 303 Creative out of Colorado and protecting the First Amendment rights where the court basically said you can't compel somebody to say or do something that's against their their will or their principles. Yeah, I agree agree with with both rulings, I think, are excellent. I think Gorsuch's opinion in the 303 Creative case is outstanding. It really, really is. It's Because he's made it about free speech, and he made it about the point of the government not compelling you into expression. And I think that that is something we forget about. The First Amendment also says the government can't make you say things you disagree with. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the things, Rich, that that when I was AG and even before that, when I was, you know, uh, doing constitutional law, that we've lost sight of this whole notion in the United States is we we focus so much on tolerance. We forget that when someone opens up a business, especially a creative business, whether it's a, a florist or we've seen this in the context of bakers and now in the context of website designers, someone pours their time, their effort and energy into something, they create something that is theirs. What happened to these fundamental notions of Hey, this is my property. I created this. You know, I should be able to decide what to do with it, not some government bureaucrat. And, you know, we obviously there, – there's constitutional protections, the Equal Protection Clause, and then we have the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment that protect against discrimination. Um, but at the same time, I'm glad the court recognized that the First Amendment protects the right of artists and those that create things to not be compelled by some government bureaucrat, whether it's in Colorado or anywhere else, to do something that's against their fundamental beliefs. And Mark Bernovich, on the C- on the issue of the student loan debt repayment scam, I always looked at it as a bribe, you know, as a payoff for <laughs> blue states and blue state voters. Uh, but si- using the HEROES Act as the authority, and I always thought that was a joke. I mean, clearly Congress never intended for the HEROES Act to, to be used in this manner. So g- give us a sense of, of what Biden was, was trying to pull off here. Yeah, so what basically what happened was the Justice Department had released a 25-page memo justifying the debt cancellation, saying that it was justified under that 2003 HEROES Act. And basically they were trying to say that was passed, as you know, in the aftermath of 9-11 and those terrible terrorist attacks on our country. And what they were trying to use is use that statute, that 20-year-old statute, to essentially argue that, well, because we had COVID, um, that's, in essence, the same kind of emergency. And then I'm going to go ahead, or Biden, it says that he's going to go ahead and basically rewrite all the law and cancel out trillions, you know, billions of dollars in debt. So it was a it was a vast power grab, and we know that there was, and obviously the court agreed, six to three, that there was no statutory authority to do that. And one of the things that I keep trying to emphasize when I have fought against the higher education establishment here 
in Arizona is that there's not enough competition in the marketplace, and then you have these college accredited agencies that keep out, you know, private universities or online universities from competing. So what has happened in the last 20 years, if you look at tuition at our public universities, it has gone straight up like a rocket ship. I mean, nothing's gone up more. I mean, when you look at, like, cell phones and computers and TVs, even cars, you look at them adjusted for inflation, it keeps constant or slightly even down. But when you look at college tuition, it goes straight up like a rocket, and that is because the more government gets involved in something, the more it subsidizes it, the more the costs are increased. And so what's happened here in the United States is, you know, because of the availability of student loans and people don't realize they're borrowing all this money, the, you know, the, the colleges, you know, keep jacking up tuition, people keep going in debt, and now that they're in all this debt, they want, to, they want it to be canceled. And it's fundamentally unfair, it's economically unwise, and now the court has ruled it's unconstitutional, fortunately. Mark Bertovich, since you were the attorney general of Arizona, and I, I want to ask you, your thoughts on Hunter Biden, I only have like a minute or so, but can you just give me your thoughts on all this and everything that's developed this week? Well, Rich, not only was I the AG, I was a former assistant U.S. attorney and a former gang prosecutor here in Arizona. I've handled thousands of criminal cases, and I do not recall anyone with this kind of significant um, issues um, and unresolved questions getting such a sweetheart deal. And make no mistake about it, if this was you or if this was Jimmy or if that was even me and that was going on, there is no way the Department of Justice would have let anyone else off with two misdemeanors, essentially slap on the wrist in no time. I mean, those are crimes that usually require some sort of incarceration. And then you throw on top of it the gun crime. And we know every Democrat from the top of every hill is screaming, oh, my gosh, we need to punish gun crimes and you know maximum penalties. Well, why the hell didn't Hunter Biden get prosecuted for what he did when it came to purchasing that firearm if the left really wants to try to control guns in our society? So true. And, so true. And, and really, I mean, look, I did a lot of cases with the IRS. Mark, I got to run. But listen, but okay. thank you. Thank thanks, you. Rich. Thank you. Thank you. Follow Mark on Twitter, uh, at General Bronovich. Mark, thanks, buddy. Have a great weekend. Happy Fourth of July. This is Fox Across America. We will be right back. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, it's a big day today on Fox Across America. So big that Joe Biden may even sit down for a full interview and not get up in the middle and walk out. Welcome back. Jimmy is off today, but it's me, Rich Zioli, with you from Jimmy's affiliate, WPHT in Philadelphia. Talk Radio 1210, where I host the afternoon drive show every day from 3 until 7 p.m. It's great to be with you. Jimmy's my pal, and I know he's yours, too, so it's good to hang out together. The uh, left has been freaking out over the affirmative action ruling yesterday before the Supreme Court. Also, another landmark decision, a big, big deal. But the freak out is just amazing. Let's understand what was at the heart of this case here. Harvard was discriminating against Asian-American students. I had this guy call up yesterday. This is hysterical. This guy calls up my show in Philly yesterday. And he tells the call screener, he says, uh, I'm worried now that China is going to start flooding our universities because of this ruling. So I said, all right, this, this this is a wolf in sheep's clothing. I just I have I have what I call my Fugazi radar. So, you know, being an Italian from the Philadelphia, Jersey area, uh, the word Fugazi, you know, it's fake. 
And I just have this this kind of gut instinct. I said, this guy's full of it. So I took the call, and he proceeds to say that. He goes, I think this is a bad ruling because now China is going to be flooding American universities with Chinese students, and there's going to be nothing the universities can do about it. I said, oh, so this guy's trying to act like he's like some sort of national security conservative, trying to give a twist on why this is bad. And I said, well, just out of curiosity, what would what would be the problem with that? He goes, well, because then they could spy on us and everything else. I said, all right. I said, so what if they limit, say, the amount of students from China to like, I don't know, maybe like 3% or something like that? All foreign students in general, 3%. He goes, well, they can't do that now because of the affirmative action ruling. I said, well, no, they can because it only affects American citizens. It doesn't affect Chinese citizens. So Harvard is under no obligation to take students from China. They are under zero obligation. There's nothing in this ruling that compels them. They can take no one from China. This is only dealing with American citizens. I said, but you have a problem with Chinese-American citizens? So, so Americans of Chinese descent, you, you think they should be discriminated against? And obviously the guy exposed himself as a, as a lefty, and his point being that, well, colleges should be able to create these diverse environments. And if they think that having – if your two kids are equal, one's white, one's black – and they think that there's there's a, already enough white kids and they say, I want to have that black kid in there and all things are equal. They should be allowed to do that. I said, so they should be allowed to pick somebody based on the color of their skin. He said, yeah, because it'll make for a more rich, diverse college environment. So, all right. I said, let me play devil's advocate with you here for a second. I said, let's say the exact same scenario, but at a school in, say, the deep south. Let's invoke all the stereotypes, you know. And there they say, we think we have enough black kids. We don't want any more. We already have 30. We don't want 31. So even though both kids are equal, we are going to go with the white kid because we feel like we have enough black kids. Is that okay? And he, wow, wow, blah, blah, blah. He did, they do the, the, the word vomit thing that they wind up doing when they, when, when they can't justify how the point contradicts with the earlier point that they made. And it's, well, blah, 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 and they just kind of mutter things. I said, of course it's not okay. It's not okay to tell somebody they can't come to school because they're black. It's not okay to tell somebody they can't get into school because they're white. It's not okay to tell somebody they can't get in because they're Asian. I said, you have to use other factors here, other criteria when you're choosing things. You can't use race. Why is that so hard for the left to figure out? The 14th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States says you're, you're equal. Everybody is equal under the law, and it was literally passed after the Civil War, to say that everyone is equal regardless of your skin color. And the problem with affirmative action is it says you're not actually equal because of your skin color. We're going to give advantages to certain groups. So the 14th Amendment and the Equal Protection Clause and everything else, it doesn't mean anything. It's not real. What yesterday's ruling did, and Clarence Thomas beautifully articulated this, is he said, what we're doing here is we're finally fulfilling what the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution said all men are created equal, and they need to be treated as equal under the eyes of the law, period. When it comes to race, because the 14th Amendment was passed as it relates to race, you cannot treat people differently based on the color of their skin. Why is that so hard for the left to swallow? And, of course, the media doesn't tell you this, but this whole case began because Asian kids were being discriminated against by Harvard. Harvard was saying, we don't want any more Asian kids. So these very qualified applicants, Americans, not Chinese, not Chinese spies, despite what that idiot caller said to me yesterday in Philly, 
American citizens who happen to be of Asian descent. And Asia is a big place. Obviously, it's a very big place. So there are all kinds of different people that encompass Asia. But they were not being allowed into Harvard because of the fact that they were Asian American. And the media doesn't tell you that. They don't tell you that those kids were discriminated about. Immediately, they start doing the, the, the usual nonsense that they do. Like, well, you know, this may lead to women not getting into college. Women. Look, I can tell you as a guy who went to college, I only went to college because women were at college. That's literally the only reason I went. I mean, if, I, if, if there were no women at my college at the University of Maryland, I just would have stayed home. That's just the truth. I mean, it's just the truth. I have lived in a co-ed dorm. I had, you know, obviously. Anyway, the point is that does anybody really believe that after yesterday's ruling, women in the United States of America will not be allowed to go to college anymore? Does, does any I mean, with a thinking brain, with 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 a brain, I don't mean like Whoopi Goldberg, whose name is actually Karen Johnson. I don't mean like Whoopi's brain, but an actual brain. Does anybody really believe that as a result of this? Colleges are going to turn around and say, we're going to stop admitting women to our universities and our colleges. Cut 19. The Asian American students felt they were losing out spots because of efforts to bring in more black students. But this really stood out to me. It's legacies and sports. Well, and I think everyone It just makes a a kid, an Asian kid, a Native American kid, a black kid, feel like you don't matter. Right. Like you didn't, you don't understand why my struggle is hard. Mm -hmm. Or your struggle. Or your struggle. You know, is this leading to no women in colleges soon? Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no women in colleges, right. Michael from Warminster is calling into Fox Across America. Hello, Michael. It's me, Rich. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Rich. You're killing it today, buddy. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I just left Warminster. You know where that is? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us where Warminster is. It's just north of Philly, right? Like, uh, you know, 20 miles, 20, 30 miles north of Philly. So it's right up the road from you guys. Well, I'm I'm glad that you listen, even though you're you you should also be listening. I assume you do to Talk Radio 1210 WPHD when I'm on at three o'clock. Well, absolutely. I mean, Good man. Uh, but I'm I'm leaving Warminster to go to Texas, so you know I, I'm gonna be out of range here in a little bit. Well, you but, can always listen I, online on the Odyssey app or the TuneIn app. But Michael, are you flying back to Texas? Or are you driving? I'm driving, buddy, 2,000 miles to get down to the border. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So did you just call in to tell us your travel plans, or did you want to make an opinion on one of these cases? Well, uh, I wanted kind of an overarching uh, uh, comment. You know, isn't it great how the court has leaned left for over 50 years, and now that it's more centrist or even right-leaning and we're getting opinions, it's the end of the world. It's a rogue court. Uh, We need term limits. We need to pack the court. The left's just losing their mind because now we're getting some common-sense opinions and, and things they don't like. So, of course, it's Armageddon. That's exactly right, Michael. That's exactly right. They're freaking out. They, you're, you're so right. This is the end of times for them. When the court rules in their favor, then it's settled law and nobody can ever challenge it. When the court rules against them, they want all those people gone. They want to pack the court with 14 justices, term limits. You're exactly right. And so I think we're old enough to remember back in politics when politicians said, I totally used to say, I used to 
I, I totally disagree with you, but I will defend to the death your right to say that. You remember that? That that was so common, you know, years ago. But now, if they disagree with you, you are evil, you're a homophobe, a xenophobe, all the different kind of phobes, and they want to destroy you. That That's, that's the poison that's in politics today. What do you think? I think you're exactly right, my man. Exactly right. We used to say that that was a, a hallmark of America. I, I, I will vigorously disagree with you, but vigorously defend your right to say it. Now, I disagree with you, and I want to cancel you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I can't wait. Uh, I don't know if we've got any more opinions, but so far, man, the Supreme Court is dealing out aces. I love it. <laughs> I love it, too. And it's a legacy of President Trump because he appointed these justices. And I'm so grateful that thank God he won in 2016, because if Hillary Clinton had won and packed the court with her justices, we would be so screwed right now. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. That, you know, that just crystallized when you said that. Thank you, Trump. And, you know, I'm not sure I'm voting for Trump yet because I want to see DeSantis and the rest of them, Tim Scott. But, yes, this is a big thank you to Trump for bringing some common sense to the Supreme Court. Because can you – yeah, just like you said, could you imagine what the justices would be like from Clinton? Oh, my gosh. Talk about left-leaning. I mean, just look at uh, uh, Jackson, man. She's – She's worse than Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg, and uh, she's on the Supreme Court. What's up with that? (laughs) Michael, drive safe to Texas, brother. You can keep listening to me later if you get the Odyssey app. I'll be on from 3 until 7, and then I'm actually filling in for Mark Levin tonight from 6 to 9 p.m. So i got a big day ahead. You drive safe, brother. God bless you, and God bless America on this 4th of July weekend. Yeah, well said, man. Well said. And thanks for calling Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I appreciate it. Doug is calling from Odessa, Texas. Doug, how are you? I'm doing great. Hey, this uh, dissent comment that Sotomayor made in the uh, business about the affirmative action stuff, she stated that we used to have problem with women getting their rights. Well, now they've created, the left has created a situation where Title IX means nothing, so why not uh, go ahead and have guys dressed up in dresses getting into college? <laughs> yeah, and the, sure. And, and the other one they decided about the, the uh, student loan forgiveness, this is not what the left was really after. What they were really after was wiping out contract law in this country. If they had gotten away with this, this was a populist move to get at what they were really after. And they were really after wiping out contract law. Doug, I think you are you are spot on with that point. It's a point that doesn't get enough attention. You're absolutely right. Doug, thank you, my friend. Have a wonderful Independence Day. God bless. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for Jimmy. We got so much more. The left melting down over the affirmative action ruling. Don't go away. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America. We got so much going on today. You know, Pete Buttigieg, he just tweeted out in regards to the cake, to the um, website case, said discrimination is wrong. Using religion as an excuse to discriminate is wrong and unconstitutional. Today's ruling will set us back. Pete Buttigieg and his husband have adopted uh, a few children. I just have a question for Pete Buttigieg. If somebody wanted to bake a cake that said same-sex adoption is wrong, and the baker did not agree with that, and baker said, I think same-sex couples should be able to adopt children. Children need loving families. I absolutely agree with that. Would Pete Buttigieg think that that baker should be compelled to write that message on the cake? What do you think? Probably not, right? But that's the point. You, you can't pick and choose. You, know, you can't say, well, when it's messages we agree with, we're going to force you to, to, to say it, and we're going to scream discrimination if you don't. And then when it's messages we don't like, we're, we're going to cheer you on when you say no and say it's a brave stand that you say hell no. You know, these guys are such hypocrites. Somebody wanted to bake a cake that said Black Lives Matter and somebody wouldn't do it. They'd scream and yell discrimination. If somebody wanted to bake a cake that said, you know, the, the South will rise again with a with a KKK, you know, Grand Wizard on it, they would scream that that's racism and that cake should not be baked. You can't have it both ways. Either you force people into speech they disagree with or you don't force people into speech they disagree with. You can't pick and choose. You got to be consistent here. It's not about public accommodation. No one's not being accommodated here. No one. Anyone can buy something. It's compelling someone to create a message that they disagree with. That's what we're talking about here. Let's make it very, very clear. Uh, The freak out over the affirmative action ruling, though, you know, Joe Biden yesterday was asked the question, is this a normal court? Is this a normal court? Is this a rogue court? Cut number nine. Is this a rogue court? This is not a normal court. What does that mean? Well, he explained it. He went on. He did an interview with Nicole Wallace, who didn't ask him anything about Hunter Biden, of course. I mean, why would she? And at, at, at some point, he just gets up and walks off the set. I've never seen that before in television history. She thanks him for doing the interview. He just gets up and leaves. But this is what he said by what he meant by not normal. Cut 10. What I meant by that is it's done more to unravel basic rights and basic decisions than any court in recent history. Take a look at overruling Roe v. Wade. Take a look at what the decision today. Take a look at how it's uh, how it's ruled on a number of issues that are have been precedent for 50, 60 years sometimes. And that's what I meant by not normal. Oh, that, oh, that's what you meant by not normal? You mean a court that's actually following the Constitution and not writing law from the bench that's not normal in your world? That's what you meant? Kamala Harris, who is the most unpopular person in in the world, like on the entire planet, her popularity is negative 17. Negative 17. That's, I mean, this is bad. You can't, if you're negative 17, you're negative 5, 10, and maybe there's room to come back. Negative teens, 17. That's not good. I don't know how you come back from that. I just got to put that in the not good category. This is what she said regarding that. Cut 11. The highest court in our land has made a decision today on affirmative action, and I feel compelled to speak about it. It is in so very many ways a denial of opportunity. It is a complete misnomer to suggest this is about colorblind, when in fact... 
It is about being blind to history, being blind to data, being blind to empirical evidence about disparities, being blind to the strength that diversity brings to classrooms, to boardrooms. Except Asian diversity, right? Except that, because that's what the case was about, discriminating against Asian kids. So again, the media wants to keep playing this game that this is somehow saying that, you know, this only affects black people. It affects everybody. It, it literally just says you just can't discriminate based on somebody's skin color. That's what the ruling said yesterday. You can't discriminate based on someone's skin color. And they're losing their freaking minds over this. The Babylon Bee said it great when they said the Democrats are so sad that they can no longer discriminate. <laughs> All right, we got a lot more. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Dr. Nicole Sapphire is going to stop by. I'll ask her who's going to pay her medical school debt. It's me, Rich. In for Jimmy. Don't go away. It is Fox Across America. Jimmy Fela is hopefully getting on a flight. 40,000 of them have been canceled across the country, so fingers crossed. But it's me, Rich Zioli from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. In for my pal, Jimmy Fela, your radio pal as well. And um, excited for our next guest. She is so lovely and talented. I believe she was referred to as the hot doc, if I'm not mistaken. She tweeted that out so I can say it. Of course, I'm talking about board-certified radiologist, Fox News contributor, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. How are you, doctor? Uh, Good. I love the introduction, but you have to give the caveat because most people think that if you say the hot doc, that means the attractive one. But really, it's the person who likes to call me the hot doc on social media. It's because I am board certified in radiation physics, meaning radioactive hot. <laughs> radioactive hot. I like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, follow her on Twitter. It's always great. NB Sapphire MD. Uh, you were great and handy last night. You 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 uh, you're everywhere, and I always love when uh, when you're on TV. You were asked a question about Joe Biden's mental competency. I want to ask you about that too. Here's a clip of Joe Biden talking about Putin. Uh, take a listen. My. The, which one, Mikey? The the uh, the Iraq one we just talked about. It's hard to tell, but he's, he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home, and he has uh, become a bit of a fly around the world. Uh, and it's not just NATO. It's not just the European Union. It's Japan. It's, it's uh, you know it's forty I mean, he's losing the war in Iraq, Doctor Sapphire. <laughs> yeah, you know he has frequent frequent speaking gaps and. You know, some people are just really poor orators. He's not one. I mean, he's been in some form of politics for decades now, and he used to be very eloquent when he spoke. Um, and now he's having a little bit more of these frequent gaffes. You know, that does tend to happen with age. He is an 80-year-old male. I think he's turning 81 in November, something like that. Um, you know, so what is causing that? Is it just the normal wear and tear of aging? Absolutely. As you get older, um, the vessels in your brain also get a little bit damaged. So maybe he's having these tiny little mini strokes. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's just tired. We know he has sleep apnea. Maybe he's not getting sleep at night. And so he's tired during the day. I mean, who knows? You can guess all you want what's going on with him. But unfortunately, you know, the White House medical records, they have not really 
talked about a full comprehensive cognitive evaluation. And until they actually submit one of those to the public for us to see, I mean, is anyone's guess. And you think that that he should, I mean, they should do that, right? Isn't that that the voters deserve that? I think that any physician who is evaluating an 80-year-old man is 100% doing a cognitive evaluation. And so the fact that they're not is probably for political reasons. It's not certainly, it's not good medicine to not do it at this point. And so I believe that, yes, I mean, they submit that. So why do we even get to see the president's physical? Because they want to say, hey, he's fit for office. Well, there's more than just one level of fitness. You have physical fitness, but you also have cognitive or mental fitness. And I care about the cognitive mental fitness, especially when you have an 80-year-old president. That is certainly uh, should be at the the forefront of whether he is able to fit the job or not. And I think that's important for everyone. Yeah, I agree with you on that point. And it's it's just uh, the, the honesty, the transparency would be really, really nice. I, I really think so. Let me ask you another question. This, this is important to know. We, we, you and I first, a lot of us first got to know you during COVID very, very early on. And you were everywhere. You were kind of have come on my show in Philly a bunch of times. Now that the declassified COVID origins report has officially been released, and we know now, I think we can all say, like, come on, this thing came from a lab. This thing is, is, is man-made. This thing was manufactured. Let's stop the BS here. Well, you know, it's still not as cut and dry and black and white as we'd like it to be. But, I mean, a lot of the information that, you know, people are talking about right now, a lot of that was available back in 2020, definitely in 2021. I mean, I wrote about a lot of it in my book, Panic Attack, that came out May 2021. I talked about the potential for the people at the lab having been the patient zeros. I mean, the information was there. We just weren't allowed to talk about it. But now it is certainly people are, are, are unable to deny the fact that there were some some mishaps that occurred at the lab. It does seem to appear through not necessarily whistleblowers, but people have come forward saying that lab personnel were infected. And, you know, we have, after doing all the research and really demonstrating just how close the ties were between the coronavirus research and everything that went on, you know, the, the, the most likely explanation is yes, they're working on coronaviruses in that lab sounds like a couple of the lab personnel probably got infected. We know that they weren't really doing things up to snuff when it came to their safety protocols. We knew that from 2019 cables. Um, And they probably got infected, and it leaked from there. And that's just what happened. And if we could just be honest about it, that's great. But unfortunately, the Chinese Communist Party covered this up for now several years. And it has just the the devastation has just been worldwide. It, had they been more transparent in the beginning, perhaps we would have been able to get a hold on this instead of wasting time sanitizing wet markets just for optics. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Dr. Anthony Fauci probably also has some blame in all this, I think. By the way, did you hear Dana Carvey's impression of him? No, I didn't. All right. We have a little bit of this for you. This is the, of course, the legendary comedian Dana Carvey on his podcast with David Spade, Fly on the Wall. And uh, take a listen. Well, once we found out when Fauci said 
Okay, I'm sorry. If you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know. It's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot. Every day you get a shot. By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity. But it's a beautiful 39 seconds. <laughs> it's pretty good, right, Doc? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny in the sense that it's not funny because it's so true on how this rolled out because that's what happened. All right, get these two-dose series. You can't transmit. Uh, you know, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Anybody who's not vaccinated was discriminated against. You couldn't go into restaurants in New York. You couldn't go to shows. You couldn't go on airplanes, blah, 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 blah. So all of these things happened. Okay, well, never mind. Now you can't transmit. So now you need to have a booster. And now you need a second booster. And now you need a third booster. And it just kept going. And at no point did you have Dr. Fauci, CDC director, Dr. Walensky, ever say, guys, the vaccines are not working like we originally thought. That's what happens. You know, we are kind of getting data real time. At the end of the day, it really does look like natural immunity, vaccine-induced immunity, probably have the same ability for protection. And you can still, just like most coronaviruses, you can still transmit it after you've had it. That's why you get common colds over and over again. And But they never did that. They just kept pushing the boosters and the vaccines. And they essentially have created the largest anti-vax movement our country's ever had to deal with. You think so? The largest anti-vax movement a country's ever had to deal with? I mean, that's, that's a, a terrible thing to hear. Oh, absolutely. I think more people question the efficacy of not just COVID vaccines, but all vaccines now because of the way that this was rolled out. And I don't blame them because this was done in such, yes, we wanted, we needed to get it out fast. That's what Operation Warp Speed was. That was incredible. But they were, they failed to collect adequate data and then they failed to update recommendations as the data came forward. They just kept pushing their talking points. They wouldn't acknowledge that there were some vaccine-related incidents in terms of severe outcomes and there were people that died after taking the vaccines. But because you couldn't have that conversation, people now think that they're hiding even more things. And I and I don't blame them. They don't trust the institution anymore. But unfortunately, you know, when it comes to like measles, mumps, rubella and polio and some of these other vaccines, which we have decades of data on, safety data on, and on these viruses that we've nearly eradicated, people are no longer wanting to vaccinate against those because of the fears with COVID. And you, they're not, you can't compare the two. But that's what's happening right now. The vaccine rates, childhood vaccine rates are just all, uh, down all across the board. Dr. Nicole Sapphire is my guest, and it's so great to talk to her right now. Your medical school debt, uh, who paid your bills off for you? Was that, was that Joe Biden? <laughs> I graduated medical school with $350,000 worth of debt, and I spent the next eight years paying it off by working evening, night, and weekend shifts to do it. So I paid it off myself. Thank you very much. Too bad I didn't wait a little bit longer to hear that Joe Biden wanted to pay it off for me. But I will tell you one thing. I have colleagues who are making very high salaries who are getting loan forgiveness. They're redoing their kitchens. They're going on vacations. But, hey, they're not having to pay off their student loans anymore. You'd think that the president would think about this a little bit more.
Yeah, and people today are upset by this, but I think it was a fantastic ruling by the United States Supreme Court. It's a ruling of fairness, Dr. Sapphire. Absolutely, but it, it's I just don't understand why we needed the Supreme Court to come in and actually rule on this. The president should know better. All he was trying to do was cater to the people who are just screaming loud in his ear, but not actually making sense for what makes sense for the American people. We need someone who's going to be a little bit more fiscally conservative with the state that our budget is in right now. All right, last question for you, and this is a personal one. I'm getting diverticulitis surgery next week because I've had diverticulitis, diverticulosis for years. And uh, after five or six attacks, the emergency room, I'm finally getting the surgery. I'm going under the knife, and uh, I'm going to be in the hospital for like five days. How do I keep myself from going insane? Well, you're going to go insane, and that just is what it is. But I'm glad to hear that you're finally getting it taken care of because diverticulitis can really have some bad complications. So I wish you the best of luck, but I can tell you that you should bring some books and schedule visits with people so people come visit you. That's good advice. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here on Fox Across America. You have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. You as well. Thanks for having me. And this is Fox Across America. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for Jimmy Fallon. We're coming right back. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. I was uh, asking some people last night if they wanted to have a nice, cold, delicious Bud Light. They looked at me like I was crazy, of course. Uh, Bud Light is still losing a ton of cash. You know, the Dylan Mulvaney disaster for them. But they're still doubling down on it. That's what's amazing. They're still doubling down on the uh, disaster that was this. You think they'd learn a lesson here. You you would think to yourself that Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch, the other beer companies would figure out, hey, maybe this was not a good move. Maybe uh, maybe we just don't inject transgender politics into beer. Americans need an escape. That's what they need. I'll tell you, here's the thing, and this is a very, very key point. Politics is everywhere nowadays. It's everywhere. You can't get away from it. Like, I'm going away for a few days with my family. Uh, and I don't want to talk politics when I'm there. I want to I want to fish. I want to swim with my kids and I want to barbecue and drink a lot of beer, a lot of beer, like a, like a really lot of beer. And I do not want to argue politics. I don't. We need escapes from it. You know, they, they, they inject politics into movies and TV shows, baseball games where you've got these Catholic hating fake nuns who come out there and, and bash the Catholicism. It's everywhere. Beer. It, it, we need to have escapes from this. Alexis de Tocqueville talked about this once, and he said that the American experiment will last because America is not always consumed by politics. Our politics are separate, and that's a good thing. It's a healthy thing, but not anymore. Now it's everywhere. Every company with the rainbow flags and everything feels like they have to inject politics into every single experience now, and they shouldn't. And that's what people are rejecting. They're rejecting that. They're rejecting the idea that everything has to be political right now. Dylan Mulvaney, the transgender uh, spokesperson for Bud Light during this, they made a can for Dylan Mulvaney. This is what Dylan Mulvaney recently said about what occurred, cut 36. What transpired from that video was more bullying and transphobia than I could have ever imagined. 
and I should have made this video months ago, but I didn't. And I was scared and, and I was scared of more backlash and, and I felt personally guilty for what transpired. So I patiently waited for things to get better, but surprise, they haven't really. I don't think it's it's bullying and I don't think it's transphobia. It's people just saying, why do we have to go down this road with our beer? Just keep beer out of it. Here's Dylan Mulvaney, who actually now is angry at Bud Light because Bud Light did not do more to stand with Dylan. Cut 37. And I was waiting for the brand to reach out to me, but they never did. And for months now, I've been scared to leave my house. I have been ridiculed in public. I've been followed. And I have felt a loneliness that I wouldn't wish on anyone. For a company to hire a trans person and then not publicly stand by them is worse, in my opinion, than not hiring a trans person at all. Because it gives customers permission to be as transphobic and hateful as they want. Is that true, though? Are people really stalking Dylan and being transphobic? Well, CEO of Anheuser-Busch, Brandon Whitworth, was on CBS this morning. Would he do it again? Cut 38. Given the moment we're in, this moment in America with trans issues at the top of a Republican social uh, or conservative uh, political agenda, knowing what you know now, if you could go back, would you send this can to this one person again? There's a, a big social conversation taking place right now, and big brands are right in the middle of it. And it's not just our industry or Bud Light. It's happening in retail. It's happening in fast food. And so for us, what we need to understand is, deeply understand and appreciate, is the consumer and what they want, what, what they care about, and what they expect from, from big brands. Sounds like a dodge to me. Would you do it again? And was it a mistake? Was it a mistake to go down this road and go with this influencer, Dylan Mulvaney? Was this a mistake? It's a very simple question. Cut 39. This is part of why you're getting it from all sides, because I asked you, would you do it again? And people on the on the trans rights side of things, supporting that community, want you to say, yes, of course, we want that fortitude. Uh, and, and, and people on the right would criticize you for saying yes. So where are you on the issue? I mean, was this a mistake? You know, we, uh, Bud Light has supported LGBTQ since 1998, so that's 25 years. And as we've said from the beginning, we'll continue to support the communities and organizations that we've supported for decades. Mm -hmm. But as we move forward, um, you know, we want to focus on what we do best, which is brewing great beer for everyone, uh, listening to our consumers, being humble and listening to them, uh, making sure that we do right by our employees, take care uh, and support our partners and ultimately make an impact in the communities that we serve. I think it's a dodge again. I think we're dodging things. It's certainly what it sounds like to me. It's a dodge. All right, coming up, Biden's economy. Just how bad is Biden's economy? More reaction from the historic Supreme Court rulings today. We got great guests coming up. We got Taylor Riggs, the co-host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business coming up. We've got the incredible Tudor Dixon, 2022 Michigan Republican gubernatorial candidate. So we got a big, big final hour coming up on Fox Across America. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for your pal and my pal, Jimmy Fela. So great to be with you. A historic day, a win for liberty and freedom. Twice today, yesterday, the Supreme Court. I'm feeling good as we head into the big holiday weekend. Let's just hope you make your flight. We're coming right back.
live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Indeed it is, Fox Across America. Jimmy Fallon is hopefully getting on a plane. Hopefully his flight's not canceled. It's me, Rich Zioli, and for my buddy Jimmy, your buddy too. Great to be with you. Our third hour here. We got a big hour coming up. Do not go anywhere. You will be missing out because Taylor Riggs is going to stop by, host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business, and that we also have the lovely and talented Tudor Dixon stopping by as well. So do not go anywhere. Uh, Biden walked off the set yesterday as he was sitting down with Nicole Wallace. I mean, look, you know, Putin's losing the war in Iraq. Biden's falling down. He's the only guy I know that falls up. You notice that? He falls down steps, and he falls up steps, too. It's like falling down steps, I understand. Sometimes gravity takes you up. What are you going to do? But when you fall up, and he fell up Air Force One steps several, multiple times, falling up is not an easy feat. And yesterday, he's doing this interview with Nicole Wallace. He's sitting there on set. He's got his mic'd up and everything, the whole thing. And then the interview ends. And he just walks out. Now, this is a visual, but just describe this where Biden's sitting there and then literally just gets up and leaves. Cut 20. Well, and, and the ones that didn't vote for your bills, but run on them. them That's too. right. <laughs> Mr. President, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very oh, much. I appreciate it's great it. to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. It's a very exciting day around here. Um, we'll have reaction and analysis to everything we just heard. I think he had to go to the bathroom, I guess. I don't know. But you would think that it depends would kick in at that moment. I don't know why he's got to get up so quickly. Uh, he was also on during this interview, and he, he quoted the Declaration of Independence when he was talking about the Constitution of the United States of America, uh, cut 21. Its value system is different, than, and its, its respect for institutions is different. And in that sense, it is, uh, it is not as embracing of of all what I think the con- the Constitution says, we hold these truths to be self All men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator. It's a uni- uniqueness of America. We never fully lived up to it. We never walked away from it. Now, actually, that's what the Declaration of Independence said. And that's what Clarence Thomas said in his ruling yesterday, that what we've done here by ending affirmative action in college, by ending racial discrimination, Clarence Thomas saying, we have moved towards what the Declaration of Independence promised, that all men are created equal, and that they need to be treated equal under the law. So that's the point. Now, we're going to talk about uh, Biden's economy a little bit with Taylor Riggs, co-host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business. But uh, a couple things. I mean, he's just bad at this. He's just bad at talking about the economy and Bidenomics. If you're having a Fourth of July party this weekend, a barbecue, you probably know how expensive things are. But you've known this the entire time. We can talk about all these issues that affect people's lives every day. I'm still old school. I still think it's the economy stupid. I think that's what people think about. They think about that more than anything. You talk about suburban women. You know, we keep talking about the suburban women voters are the voters that Republicans need to win in 2024 if they're going to win. Let's take where I broadcast from in Philadelphia, the surrounding counties of that. The Republicans have to win the women voters in those counties. Well, the women voters that I talk to all the time, there are two major issues that compel them. Number one, schools. Curriculum. Make no mistake about it. This woke curriculum stuff is causing parents to get very, very upset. Very upset. In New Jersey, there are three schools that the state of New Jersey is suing. So the governor, who thinks he's a king, 
His name is Phil Murphy. He wants to run for president. He's suing three high schools in New Jersey because the high schools adopted policies that say the following. If a child identifies as transgender, they are going to notify the parents. What's wrong with that? The state of New Jersey is suing those districts saying you you cannot notify the parents. That's discrimination. Huh? What? I have a right to know. My kid's going through this. It's a mental health issue. I have a right to know as a parent. Well, the state of New Jersey says, no, you don't. You have, you have no right to know. It's a minor, but you have no right to know. And the school can't tell you. And they're suing the schools over this issue. It's ridiculous. So there's that. And then, of course, the economy. Fox News' Jillian Turner asked Joe Biden about the economy. Cut 23. You guys ran it. I didn't. That's, I never called up Bidenomics. And so I was asked the question. Why did I? Now, wait, let's get it straight. First time we're hearing the Wall Street Journal. Okay? I don't go around beating my chest Bidenomics. So the press started calling it Bidenomics. No, I like it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine because it is my policy. All right, so he doesn't call it Bidenomics, right? He doesn't call it Bidenomics. Well, here's Joe Biden in Chicago, cut 24. Well, I believe that every American willing to work hard should be able to get a job no matter where they are, in the heartland, in small towns, in every part of this country, to raise their kids on a good paycheck and keep their roots where they grew up. That's Bidenomics. Oh, so he does call it Bidenomics. Okay, that's that's good to know. Well, let's get some more details on Bidenomics then, shall we? Cut 25. Well, guess what? Less than we, a guy driving a truck hit a... Anyway, knocked down a whole bridge and the whole box, four lanes of the highway. Today, with the help of the Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act a new plant's being built. Three-quarters of U.S. industries grew more con- consecrated. I mean, excuse me consecrated I'm thinking I didn't go to mass I I, 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 <laughs> I think he's talking about 95 in Philly I think so where a guy in a truck hit an overpass and then caused a massive explosion because there was a fuel tanker and then 95 collapsed. I, I think that's what he's talking about, but I'm, I'm not I'm not quite sure. I have no idea. The The Flexible Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, I, 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 I just, I don't know. Uh, and, of course, you might say to yourself, all right, Zioli, you, Fela, you guys bust his chops because you're conservative talk show hosts, and come on. Well, Charlemagne the God is not. Charlemagne the God. And he he says it like it is. I mean, Biden's his own worst enemy here. Cut 26. I'm going to tell you something, man. The biggest issue Joe Biden going to face in 2024 is Joe Biden. Absolutely. Like, you know, I saw a a poll that came out this week, and I think uh, he's leading Trump in a a general election poll by like four points or something like that. But everybody's concerned about his age and his mental well-being. Is he, is he physically capable of being able to do the job because he's so old? His biggest problem he's going to have in 2024 is himself. I, I, I completely agree. It's going to be himself. Uh, unbelievable. Well, then, of course, the question becomes, what about Hunter Biden? And how much is Hunter Biden going to be a problem for Joe Biden? That's the question that I have. Because I think Hunter Biden's going to be a huge issue. They can't pretend anymore like the laptop's not real. They can't pretend anymore like it's Russian disinformation because Hunter was in court yesterday in the deposition in the case against John Paul Mac Isaac because he's suing the guy who owns the Delaware Computer Repair Shop 
And Hunter Biden now, of course, by doing so, acknowledges that it is, yes, his laptop. It's not Russian disinformation. And this is this is haunting Joe Biden because the media is actually covering this. Even Barbara, I'm sorry, even when you've got MSNBC and, and CBS and these other places covering the story, I think it's because they want Joe Biden to go. And he keeps getting asked about this, and he gets very nasty when he's asked about this. Very nasty. Cut 30. President Biden, how involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? It's were you involved? Were you involved? I don't were you? No. 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 Uh, no. Uh, I think he's very, very annoyed that he has to keep answering these questions, don't you? But that's the problem, though, for Joe Biden. It's not going away. It's not going away anytime soon. And we'll talk more about this because Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, was on with Hannity last night. He had a lot to say about this. And yeah, the media is talking about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. But listen, let's talk about the economy a little bit more, shall we? With Taylor Riggs, the co-host of The Big Money Show on Fox Business. She'll be my guest right here on Fox Across America, straight ahead. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. Airline chaos is everywhere right now. We're hoping that Jimmy is able to get on his flight. Fingers crossed. In the meantime, it's me, Rich Zioli, in for Jimmy. It's Fox Across America. And, you know, the last time that I got to see Taylor Riggs, I was on the set with her for Kennedy when Jimmy Fallon was guest hosting. Taylor Riggs, co-host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business. It's so great to be with you again. Thank you for inviting me back. This is great. It's fun to chat with you. I'm so happy you're here. And, of course, on Twitter, at Riggs Report. Uh, you know the economy better than anybody. Biden said it's not Bidenomics. Then he did say it was Bidenomics. Um, how, how do you view Bidenomics heading into this uh, this uh, Fourth of July weekend? You know, my only worry about attaching your name to something is that you can take credit for it, but then you also have to take blame for it if it doesn't go well. So, some <laughs> of the good news that we've had this week: the jobless claims, some of the consumer sentiment survey. Consumers still feel like there's good jobs out there, and that if they want to get a job, they can. Unfortunately, though, some of the blame um, that we can talk about is this massive inflation that is still ongoing. We got more inflation numbers out this morning. It's called the PCE. Basically, it's just what the Fed is really looking at. It is still at 4.6%. That is still over double what the Fed wants at 2%. And Rich, here's the problem. When inflation is that high, all of the wage gains that we've all gotten in the last couple of years have been totally wiped out because inflation is higher than what we are making and the wage gains that we're getting. So I was reading a really cool statistic. We are now looking at uh, real, which just means after inflation, um, weekly earnings are now negative for 26 straight months. You yeah. and I have gotten poorer for 26 straight months. That is the longest stretch in history. That is double the stretch of the 2008-2009 financial crisis, which, let's be honest, that was horrible. It's 93% of Biden's tenure. So I think when you look at the jobs out there and the unemployment rate, things look good. But if you ask individuals at home and you see that people have actually gotten poorer in the last 26 months, that is painful. And that's what people really feel and they're experiencing. 
I agree with you, Taylor. I mean, you think about how expensive everything is out there and the fact that we're not getting raises to cover the cost of it. Yeah. Uh, it's brutal for people. And, and, and they downplay this like it's no big deal. But I, I know it's a big deal because I, I know that everybody is thinking about how they can make sacrifices right now. It's a huge deal. And now we're talking about there may be more increases. The Fed's talking about that. I saw you tweeted that out, that it's possible now that there may be more rate increases. Oh, 100%. So we heard from Jay Powell this week, earlier this week. He was giving a speech, and he reiterated he wants at least two more rate increases this year. Now, he has to say that. Look, let's be honest. The proof is in the pudding. If we really start to slip into a recession, which a lot of people think will happen early next year or, frankly, mid-next year when we're all heading to the voting booths, that's a different story that we could talk about later. Uh, But if you think that we're absent a huge recession, this is a Federal Reserve who still has to move because they have to get inflation down. You cannot have inflation like this. I mean, effectively, if you haven't gotten a a 10 percent, 20 percent raise in the last couple years, you're poor. I mean, and most people are getting, what, a couple, 2% raise here or there. So, I mean, again, the Fed has to move because they have to bring down inflation. They call inflation the tax on everyone. And that is so true. Inflation is this hidden tax. We're all paying for it. Um, And unfortunately, it hits everyone. The Federal Reserve will try to say that if they slow the economy and a few people lose their jobs— What they will argue is that a few people losing their jobs is less harmful than everyone paying the hidden tax of inflation. That's the trade-off. Taylor Riggs is with me. It's always great to talk to her. Uh, What do you think the effect of all these airline cancellations is going to be? I saw that you tweeted out from uh, the United CEO came out and said that the FAA really failed us this weekend. We're talking about 40,000 flight delays, cancellations all over the place. I have no idea if Fayla is going to make his flight. I don't know. I haven't heard from the guy. I know. Uh, I have a flight and six of my producers in the control room all raced out after the show to go to their flight. So let's hope that we all make it. You know, Rich, I think to your point, we've rarely seen the head of these airlines sort of start to pick a fight with the FAA. JetBlue now was the latest today saying that we've never seen the FAA this bad. I mean, the United CEO Scott Kirby said when the FAA cancels flights, these are weather events that we used to be able to handle. But last Saturday, they cut 40% of inbound flights, 75% of departures. So we're getting to the point now where these, quote, weather events aren't even manageable. That's the problem. You have to get the FAA back up and running. Um, You know, there's certainly an economic impact, but more so just the the personal toll. I mean, I just feel bad for these people. But um, if we start to see a lot of these canceled flights, there certainly will be an economic impact. And I would think, too, that you'd imagine that somebody would call out the transportation secretary over this and say, hey, not for nothing, but this is a big holiday weekend. Can you do something here? They don't even bring up his name. And what is mind blowing, they want to roll out these new 5G limitations on Fourth of July weekend. Let's roll out all these 5G uh, issues that the airlines are having with the FAA and, um, and and some of those issues. Let's not do that on one of the busiest holiday weekends ever. So, you know, we had the head of the uh, Pilots Association. He actually is a pilot for American Airlines, but is running sort of this pilot advocacy uh, union group. And he said, look, the, the, the problems are certainly the FAA told certain airlines we don't have the capacity right now. We are so understaffed. 
pull back some of your flights. Some airlines listened, some airlines didn't. So the buck sort of lies with both of them. But yes, the FAA has to get it together because what that you know uh, individual told me from the Pilots Association is safety is one thing they will not compromise. As a pilot of an airplane, you're not going to go if you don't feel safe. So the FAA has to be the leader and they have to pull it together. Yeah, I agree. Now, listen, I want to wish you a happy 4th of July, Taylor Riggs, and we love you, and I think you're fantastic. But I know you're anti-fireworks, and so I have a hard time (laughs) wishing you a happy Independence Day. Oh, no. Okay, so I'm not – okay, am am I allowed to um, file an appeal here, Your Honor? (laughs) Yeah, sure. The court is open. Yes, go ahead. Totally not against fireworks. I was just trying to poke fun. My my co-hosts, they – you know, they were upset because L.A. canceled a fireworks show for climate change, and I agree with them. If you cancel one fireworks show, that does not solve our climate change problem. (laughs) Let the people have their fireworks works on 4th of July. My only thing, I just like to poke my coworker in the side when he's not looking, stab him a little bit. And I said, I know, but do you think of all this, these poor animals in New York City who every time this firework goes off, the dogs and the cats start shaking and freaking out and their anxiety <laughs> levels go up. But no, for the record, I am pro fireworks. I just hope the animals can have some anxiety medication as well. They do freak out. I know. And I do feel bad for them, too. They run under the bed. I mean, it's a tough night yes. for them. It really is. Yes, yes, yeah. Keep it to 10 minutes. How about a compromise? We'll just keep the fireworks show to 10 minutes instead of two hours. Did the founding fathers not have pets? I don't think they had. Well, did they have fireworks back then? They must I don't know. Have. That's a great question. Oh, what came first, the pets or the fireworks? I think I'm more sensitive to animals these days. So blame me. I will take all of the blame for that. But no. Happy 4th of July. And you can, yes, you can still wish me happy 4th of July. I'm a huge uh, American fan. I love this country. I love capitalism. I love economics. I love the entrepreneurship that comes with this country. Uh, We're still the best one out there. So well said, my friend. So well said. Follow her on Twitter at Riggs Report and watch the Big Money Show on Fox Business. Taylor Riggs, thank you so much for joining me. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Anytime. Have a great weekend. And we'll be right back on Fox Across America. Tudor Dixon stops by. Don't go away. Last time I was in New York, I was hanging out doing Fox News Saturday night. Jimmy Fallon was hosting... And I was on the panel, and I was so happy that Tudor Dixon was also on the panel. So when Jimmy called me up yesterday and said, Zioli, I need you to fill in for me, I said, I'm only doing it. And I mean this, Jimmy, I'm only doing it if Tudor Dixon comes on the show. And thank God she said yes. Tudor Dixon, how are you, my friend? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's so great to talk to you. Of course, the 2022 Michigan Republican gubernatorial nominee and all-around rock star and the nicest person on planet Earth on Twitter, at Tudor Dixon. Busy day. Kind of a slow news day today, huh? Uh, Well, not in Michigan, sadly. (laughs) Is your governor running for president? Uh, Yes, I'm pretty sure that she is. Or maybe she's just trying to be the vice presidential nominee. But you know that they're going to pull Joe and Kamala out of there at the last minute and throw she and Newsom in. It's just who gets to be the top of the ticket. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. We talked about this on the panel when we were on Fox News together. I totally agree. Biden's done. Kamala's done. Gavin Newsom may have to identify as a woman, but he's definitely going to be running. <laughs> well, you know, he's hard to tell regardless. I mean, he does have longer hair than me, I think. <laughs> Now, what is going on in Michigan? What's that? He's probably a woman at night. You know, you can change whatever you want. (laughs) Gavina. Gavina Newsom. Uh, The Michigan House passed a bill that could make using the wrong pronouns a felony. What is going on, Tudor Dixon? But, I mean, think about how scary this is. It's really, it goes even deeper than that. If you use any language that someone feels threatened by, if you have a meme that has, someone's face made to look like something different, anything like that. This is a a complete attack on free speech. But it's really scary because you start to think, okay, wait a minute. If we're talking about elections and political opponents, we already see Joe Biden going after his political opponent. This would be a great way for Democrats to go after their political opponent in Michigan. It's very, very scary, and it is definitely a First Amendment attack. It criminalizes causing someone to feel threatened by words. I mean, th- this is insane words. Yeah, but, I remember. But, but Rich, if, yeah. it's, if they're a reasonable person, I mean, so I, at least that's in there. Who defines that? <laughs> who decides who is a reasonable person? I hope it's yeah. not the unreasonable Democrats. That's the problem, Tudor, right? They'll they'll be the ones who say it's reasonable to make somebody feel badly. Don't you remember the Cher song when she said words are like weapons, they wound sometimes? Yes. But that was a song, a dumb song by Cher, who blocked me on Twitter, incidentally. Uh, I don't really think words are like weapons. I think words are just... with your words. (laughs) I did. I really did, actually. No joke. But, I mean, this this would punish people by imprisonment for five years and a fine of $10,000. They say intimidate means a willful course of conduct involving repeated or continuing harassment of another individual that would cause a reasonable individual to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened, and that actually causes the victim to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened. And the bill specifically addresses sexual orientation and gender identity, gender identity or expression. So that means that if if I say Dylan Mulvaney, he is getting a lot of blowback. I think under this law, I'm guilty. Right, exactly. And and so you've seen Dylan Mulvaney just recently come out. And I think that the Bud Light thing had died down. And so he was feeling a little lonely, had to do a video talking about Bud Light again, wanted to get a little bit more attention. And now that I'm saying this, I'm probably in trouble because I just called him a him. And that's the thing. So here you can you get you get caught up in this and they go, oh, not only is he so upset about this, he's out there doing a second video, bringing back the Bud Light thing like this has to be back in the front of the news now because he's talking about it. And if we say this, then we are now causing him even more harm. I mean, that's but see, this is where you start to understand the attack on speech and the reason the founders put this in the constant or in our Bill of Rights as it is. When we when we look at the, the First Amendment, we have to understand that there is a true reason for this, because you can have neighbors go after neighbors. You, I mean, Human nature is to go after someone that hurts your feelings. But in the United States of America, you're not allowed to do that. In Michigan, they're trying to say you are. 
You know, this tutor, this is the kind of stuff that scares me because having a debate about things like, for example, gender identity is a legitimate debate. It's a legitimate debate to have when it comes to 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 adults, children, medical institutions, what should happen, what shouldn't. The problem is the left doesn't want debate. They want compliance. And if you don't go along with what they say and if you don't say water is dry, even though we know water's wet, they want to they want to make you a criminal for this. And it's not it's not just going to stop with this. It's climate change, too. You know, if you're a climate change denier, they want to go after that as as speech that is threatening to people. We saw what they did during covid. They saw how they tried to shut people down. It's because they do not want to tolerate debate in any way. Right. We're no longer a society that can say, you know what, that's not what I choose. I want to look the other way and I want to live my life. And I don't want to be a part of that. If it's what they want you to do, they are going to hold your face there, make you tuck the dollar into the person's G-string at the Pride Parade, and you're going to like it, gosh darn it. <laughs> I was tucking a dollar last night at a G-string, but it wasn't a Pride Parade, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> know those things well we talked about what we do on saturday nights and you're like oh i've got four kids i don't do anything my life's so boring and nobody believes that oh well i'm not doing that rich i know what you're doing now and i'm not sure (laughs) again don't make me like it i don't i don't want want to look the other way you do you Tudor dixon come on now Uh, follow her by the way on twitter at Tudor dixon she's always uh, doing stuff how's your podcast going it's going great. Honestly, thank you to everyone who's listening. It is the Tudor Dixon podcast. We have so many people that come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and listen to it. And we've had so many awesome guests, but it's just been a real blessing. So I appreciate all of you who listen. If you're not listening, please check it out at iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcast, the Tudor Dixon podcast. Before I let you go, though, we got to talk about the Supreme Court ruling today on the web designer and the Supreme Court said, and I, I love what Justice Gorsuch said here, you know, expression is protected speech and you should not, the government should not be able to compel you to say things that violate your beliefs and things that you passionately disagree with. And I, I completely agree with that, Tudor. What a contrast today between Michigan and the Supreme Court, right? To see Michigan saying you can't you can't have freedom of speech, you you can't have memes, you can't do anything, you can't speak your mind to having the Supreme Court say, guess what? You get to choose. This is you live in the United States of America and that's those are the rights that you have. So I think it's fantastic. I think it's exactly what the people wanted to see. I think that this is a huge win for religious liberties and we have to make sure that we continue to fight the good fight out there and i i I feel blessed that we have the supreme court to make these decisions how about the student loan decision i mean i i think it was a win for fairness no doubt about it but it's also you know it's amazing how the democrat party has become the party of the faculty lounge and not the party of the working class because you know how many working men and women in, in your state of michigan how many people around the country who didn't go to college who didn't have student loan debt and they were going to have to foot the bill for somebody with an advanced fine arts degree in French literature. Right, exactly. Well, and what about all of the people that did go to college, did pay their loan, and now they were going to sit here and watch everybody else get their loan paid off, but they were actually going to be paying it with their own tax dollars. 
I mean, the whole thing was ridiculous. We're in a fight for fairness no matter what it is right now. When we see fairness in women's sports, fair, and somehow these seem to always be connected back to universities, fairness with student loans, the fact of the matter is you need to do your research. If you are going to go to a university and get a degree, then make sure you're going to be able to pay the bill once you leave. And that's something that we really have not taken responsibility for, and we really have not pushed that upon our students or even our children to say, hey, wait a minute, if you've decided to do this, you are not entitled to it. You actually have to research. If I get this degree, can I then pay the bill for the degree once I get the job that is about gender studies, which is now obsolete because we, we, can't, we don't have two genders anymore. We have 46. <laughs> <laughs> that degree is useless, finally. Finally useless. <laughs> well, no, it's a whole new. Now you have like you've you've missed seventy five different credits because we had to update the gender. So you know you can't get those degrees anymore. They're constantly changing. You have to have like continuing education, right? <laughs> continuing education for a gender studies degree. I love it. Fantastic, Tudor Dixon. Have a wonderful Independence Day. I hope you have a great time with the family. Enjoy it. You've you've earned it. You work hard. I still am hoping you run for U.S. Senate in Michigan. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I won't put you on the spot, <laughs> but I'm still hoping. Well, thank you. Right now, I'm just focused on America's beautiful birthday. I'm so excited for this weekend. Everybody have a wonderful Independence Day. Thanks, my friend. Tudor Dixon, follower at Tudor Dixon. I will talk to you again soon. And uh, as we continue here on Fox Across America with me, Rich Zioli, in for Jimmy Fela, I'll give you the latest on the left's reaction to the big rulings out today. Yes, they say we're headed back towards, wait for it, segregation. Don't go away. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. Independence Day is coming up. I'm excited. Very, very excited for it. This is the greatest country in the world, in the history of the world. And I love it, and I'm so happy that uh, I got to fill in today on Fox Across America for Jimmy Fela. I hope you have a wonderful Independence Day with your family. I hope you enjoy yourself, and I hope you have fun and, uh, yeah, watch some fireworks. Absolutely. You know, the, the, w- today was a big day, and these Supreme Court rulings are huge. And yesterday as well, big, huge. I mean, this is great. But let's realize now what's going to happen. We are, we are going to hear more meltdowns from the left starting it started today and it's going to keep going there's no question about it it's going to keep going here's laura jarrett from msnbc that that great case where today justice gorsuch said listen we're not going to compel you to say things that 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 violate your beliefs the government can't compel you into speech well laura jarrett from msnbc nbc news senior legal correspondent with an absurd, absurd idea of what this could mean, cut five. They stipulated to the idea that she's making artwork, something expressive, something not off the shelf. They stipulated to the idea that she's a public accommodation, just like a restaurant at all. And because they made those stipulations, they really bought
box themselves in here in a way uh, that I think is is worth grappling with. And certainly the dissent thinks that that's uh, not a, a way to rule in this case and that and it still should have come out differently. But I think for people who are trying to figure out at home, uh, is this just going to open the doors to discrimination against black people, against not only gay couple, against people with disabilities on all different kinds of grounds? I do think it's worth uh, uh, just at least fleshing that piece of this out. Yeah, I'll flesh it out for her. The answer is no. It doesn't have anything to do with discrimination whatsoever. You know, if somebody walks into a, a, a web designer's place and says, I want a website, and the website is, I hate black disabled people, and the person turns around and says, I'm not making that website for you, is that discrimination out of curiosity? If the person is a black person who is disabled and comes in and says, I want a website that says gay people are evil. And then the person turns around and says, no, are they discriminating because the person's black or disabled or are they discriminating against the message? Because they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to perpetuate that message. This is about the message, but you can't, you know, if you get into the intellectual back and forth with these people, they, they fall apart because obviously there's, you know, this is all built on a lie. It's just like how the, the ruling yesterday they ignore the fact that Asian kids were being discriminated against. They just ignore that. And just like today, they ignore the fact that what this is is a message. And there's so many messages the left disagrees with. Ironically enough, Michigan, who I just talked to Tudor about, will, will punish you if you use the wrong pronoun. So let's think about this now. Somebody comes into a bakery and says, I want you to bake a cake for Dylan Mulvaney. I'm going to have a party, and it's going to say, Dylan... Mulvaney, he killed Bud Light. And the baker says, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making that cake. Is that discrimination or is that the person then doing what the left wants, which is using the correct gender pronoun? This is entirely about message, speech. It's the First Amendment. As Leo Terrell said earlier today on Fox News, cut number four. It's a fantastic ruling. I think people will try to misconstrue it because they will now accuse uh, companies having the right to discriminate. That's not the case. This is not an accommodation issue. It's a question about free speech, First Amendment. That's exactly right. It is not about accommodation whatsoever. Not at all. And uh, well, let's talk about just, you know, Hunter Biden, the issue of that, because that's not going away. And I still think the whistleblower story is huge and it needs to be talked about. I think that the man who's come forward here is credible. He's easy to believe. You know, he's telling the truth. And he's someone who is who is very, very brave. And the left usually loves whistleblowers, but now they hate whistleblowers because he's saying something. Representative Ke Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, was on with Hannity last night, said a couple of very important things here. Let's start with cut 28. If we find that Garland has lied to Congress, we will start impeachment inquiry. But you have to understand what we found out. First of all, I've got to thank these three chairmen. What Jim Jordan, what Comer has done, what Jason Smith has done, we wouldn't know any of this if we didn't win the majority. We would not know any of this if we didn't start the weaponization committee that Jim Jordan runs over. There are people now that are lying. And think of what transpired. They let the statute of limitation run out six years. These are the most serious allegations that he would get prosecuted over. And the point about this now is that it was a cover-up for the president of the United States. So I keep saying, don't call it a sweetheart deal. It's not a sweetheart deal. This is a cover-up for the president of the United States of America so that we don't have to understand where Hunter Biden's money comes from, how he made his money, and how it connects to Joe Biden. You know, there's an old thing in life. People drop dimes. And guys like Hunter Biden, 
they would rat he would rat in a heartbeat to avoid prison. If you really wanted to get to the bottom of this criminal enterprise with all these LLCs and all this foreign money and everything else, it's easy. Charge him with 57 different counts. And then he'll be terrified about going to prison and he'll name names and those people will name names and you bring down the entire criminal enterprise. So it's a classic RICO case, but they're not doing any of those things. They're getting special treatment, but it's not about a sweetheart deal. It's not because, oh, it's the president's son. It's because it's a cover up to protect the president. Cut 29. This is the timeline when his father was serving as vice president. Then they did not allow the prosecution. They let him off on paying hundreds of thousands of dollars on the taxes of what he transpired. Then they also tipped off his attorneys. His attorneys didn't even know he had a storage unit with papers in it. Why would they call and tell him ahead of time and say we're going to come a couple days later? They literally tipped off the inaugural committee. They tipped off when they wanted to go see Hunter Biden before. No one else would get treated this way. But this is, goes direct conflict of what Garland has told members of Congress and Senate, that Weiss had all power. And now we're finding that that's not true. So what we need to do, just like you do as anything else, bring everybody into the room. Let's look everybody in the eye. Who's lying here? I agree. Who's lying here? In my mind, it's not the whistleblower. He sounds incredibly credible. And I think he's brave, and we need to hear more from him. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks to my buddy Jimmy Fela for letting me hang out with you. I appreciate it. Mikey, Josh, thanks for helping me out today, guys. You did a great job. I wish you a very happy Independence Day. Enjoy it. Enjoy the fireworks. Enjoy America. God bless America. And thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. I'll be starting my show on WPHC in Philadelphia in just a matter of moments. This is Fox Across America. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.